You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Bill, I am thinking of a number. It's a three-digit number. I, I need to know if you can, if, we, if we're so dialed in and connected that you can pick out the three-digit number that I'm thinking of. What's the number? Zero, zero, <laughs> zero. You're an idiot. 911? No, it's 175. This is our 175th episode. <gasps> 175th episode. And uh, so thank you guys Woo! for checking into uh, and ladies checking into Known Legacy. Um, as always, you can yes. check us out on uh, Instagram at Known Legacy Ministries. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, man, we really appreciate it if you give us a like. And if it's something that speaks to you, give us a, a rating. A five star would be fantastic. But by all means, be honest and uh, filled with integrity if when you, really you make like that us, happen. Give us some money. No, I'm just, right. kidding. <laughs> just, just kidding. Speaking of, just you can go to the kidding. website, knownlegacy.org, uh, or email us at info at knownlegacy.org. Anyways, it is good to see you guys. Summer is in full swing here in uh, the DFW area. And, uh, w- you know, watching movies, and uh, Maverick it's is summer. the number one. Summer. Uh, nice job, Frozen reference. Uh, did you like that? I did, I did. Um, Maverick is, of course, you know, the number one movie in the entire planet, for good reason. And oh, what I, what it was I, incredible. The most non-woke movie. The most non-woke movie, that's very solid, true. Solid, solid. But one of the things I appreciate about the movie is the fact that um, it's like a real-life hero, right? Yes. Like, Marvel Universe was fantastic, but yeah, none yeah, of these yeah. were real heroes, right? Yeah. This is a real-life... Uh, Within quotes, real life hero, right? It, Correct. And, and so I wanted to throw out to the group before we even get going, who would be your real life hero? Someone that when the chips are on the table yeah. and you need wisdom, yeah, you need counsel, yeah. you need advice, you would go to. For me, it would be uh, my buddy out in California. His name is uh, Danny Thompson. Um, his stage name is Danny Ray. And yeah. he was the guy that was on Penn and Teller and actually fooled them with his magic trick. Yes. We had him on back in the beginning of this season, yeah, season yeah, four. Yeah. And he's written a few books, and he's continued to do some amazing stuff. And, and he's a guy that just exudes wisdom, and he is adventurous, and he follows what God has uniquely called him to. And I just, he is one of my real-life heroes. Kyle, how about you? Who would be a real-life hero for you? Yeah, um, his name's John Dempsey. He's been yeah. a friend of mine since early 80s. Um, he's just a rock. I mean, his faith, and no matter what the circumstances... I remember one time my car broke down in the middle of the night. I called him. He got me. Nice. I fell asleep That's cool. in his truck. He towed me, fixed the car overnight, and then still went to work. And I'm like, wow. God, just give anything for you. So shout out to John. John Dempsey. Man, yep. way to be a real-life hero. Yep. Bill, how about you? Who you got for your real-life hero I've, list? I've got a few small circle of heroes, but one of them uh, is I. we get the privilege to interview this guy today. Uh <laughs> It is Pastor Duke Herget. He actually is, uh, he was my first pastor from upstate New York, you know, and uh, funny, funny story. I remember when I was a kid and uh, my father came to know Jesus because of someone in Pastor Duke's church who would not let up to share the gospel with my father at work. Relentless. It was funny because as we did that, he, he basically, people kept pulling my father's side and going, hey, listen, this guy's name's Al, his name is Al Tolleson. And I will tell everybody about Al Tolleson because he is part of my huge story of how I came to know Jesus because it was because of my father. But they would be like, yeah, Al's crazy. Al's crazy. Don't, don't, don't talk to him. I'm glad my father didn't listen. He came running home one day and said, Bill, you gotta 
understand that God loves you. I mean, he said it a different way, but right. like either way, so here we are at this kitchen table. He's leading me to Jesus all because of the ministry and impact of Pastor Duke Hergit, who is then at that point, we started watching these, these like videos and, uh, and they were like the, they were Bible basic videos. Right. And I was like, I, but I, I was like 13. I was so enamored that this guy was on TV. And I remember the first time I met him, it was like meeting a superhero because you're like, you're uh, you're the guy I saw on TV. Right. And so it was so cool because just just this idea. And then from that moment, he became so reachable and so down to earth. And I've never met someone who is more in love with Jesus and wants people to understand how much they love him. So, guys, can you guys do me a favor? Give it up for one of my heroes, Pastor Duke Hergit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh. Well, that's true, man. Uh, I, it is great to be used of God to touch people's lives. Yeah. So, Duke, um, thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's funny. This is actually our second take on this. The first one was, um, well, it was a story for another podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, my opening question to you, Duke, is um, who would be a real-life hero for you, and what are some of the marks that you would say, man, if these are the characteristics that I've seen in my ministry in my life of real-life heroes, these would be some of those characteristics. So I'm going to hand it over to you and see where you go with this. Well, I'm just going to follow uh, Billy's lead. Um, I was a pagan, a drug dealer, a broken home, domestic violence in our home, brothers and sisters strung out on drugs, uh, you know, being chased down by the law. And an attractive girl invited me to go to church. I thought, I'll go to the dentist with you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and she took me to church. I'm 18 years old. And uh, the Spirit of God began to speak to me. I, I was a wreck. I needed help. And my pastor, Jim Standridge, took me under his wing like I took uh, Billy Uhas. I did get to see him on TV, though, like Billy. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't as cool as Duke is. That's all. I was. Uh, long, bleached blonde hair. Uh, Baggy bell bottom blue jeans, all full of holes and uh, and, um, and American flag so in my butt. I'm ashamed of that, but he loved me anyway, and he he became my spiritual father and uh, just uh, met me where I was, loved me unconditionally, and, and was willing to speak to me the hard truths that I really needed to identify uh, sin issues because if we regard iniquity in our heart, God won't hear us, and so it was just it was uh, tender and firm. And loving and I, I just immediately uh, trusted him and he gave me great uh, wisdom and tolerance and long suffering and just helped me to get established in faith and, and then of course then later as it got stronger training me for ministry he ordained me supported me financially and uh, launched our church in New York out of their church in Mansfield Ohio so James L. Sandridge, one of my heroes. I have other great mm. mentors, but uh, he's number one. That's awesome. I, I think it's so cool. I love it because because in that, no, the life change. In fact, you talk about, so I've seen the picture of you as 18 years old. Actually, he has a picture of him at 18 years old, leaned up against a cop car. <laughs> and so uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, but share share a little bit about your story from that moment. Like bring us back to that that, that moment of, kind of share your story so people kind of get a feel of who you are and where you came from, if you could share that. Well, the Bible says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. That would be a verse that applies both to me and to my family. I was part of it, the generational curse that the scriptures talk about way back when God gave the Ten Commandments. God will visit 
the iniquity of the fathers to the fourth generation. I was fourth mm-hmm. generation. My uh, immigrant great-grandfather came to America uh, from Hungary and uh, was a farmer and found out he could make a lot more money making moonshine than growing vegetables. Bootlegger. So here's a moon out of money, tra- raised his sons to be bootleggers. <laughs> That's my grandpa, it's his generation. Wow. And uh, when Prohibition ended, then they went in, all went in liquor business, raised my dad in liquor business, who raised me in the liquor business. There's a whole lot that goes along with that. You said liquor business. Well, there's a, a whole lot of drama and immorality and lots of money, but uh, the money comes and it goes quick. And uh, so I, at age 16, I realized I could I don't have to wait to age 21 to be in the liquor business. I could be in the drug business right now, which I, I did. I had no knowledge of the scriptures, no Holy Spirit restraint, but mm-hmm. felt good. I did it and party to my puke. I, I followed all the lies of the devil in my generation. If I couldn't be the one I loved, I tried to love the one I was with, and none of that worked. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, I was a wreck. I was a train wreck, and I got invited to church, and then the Lord was there waiting for me with open arms. And soon after, I received Christ. I felt definite calling in the ministry. I had people tell me that I needed to go into ministry before I really felt the call. It was such a relief from the forgiveness of sins, such a relief not to be looking over my shoulder any longer, you know, for getting busted for, for crimes I'm no longer uh, committing. And so it was a radical change for me. And uh, God called me clearly into ministry. I've never doubted that for a second. And from there, I, I spent two years getting grounded in my home church. I had to learn the difference between an epistopos. It took me a while. I still love <laughs> brain. I got enough, I got enough brain left. I have fires burning in my heart for the Lord. Went away to Bible college. Thought it's going to be a missionary to England. Gosh, shut those doors. I'm like Billy. I married way up. I married a woman. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Unlike, yeah, uh, just like me, married way out of our league. So. Years ago, beautiful women will marry ugly Oh. <laughs> it worked in Italy. <laughs> it did work. If you you know if you fall in love with Jesus, beautiful woman will marry you. That's the deal. Yeah, amen to that. So. Yeah, I preached at a Liberty University at Convocation. I had seven thousand eight hundred young men come forward and rededicate their lives to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but so we came upstate New York and started a church. Uh, doors closed to England, and uh, we give forty four years of our lives there. And we started with nothing. I was bivocational for five years and. Uh, and uh, I worked at UPS, drove school bus. A whole bunch of guys got saved. Yeah, they called us the God Squad. It's a lot of fun. And uh, little by little, uh, people got saved, and the church got established. Bought lands, miracles, prayed of miracles of our personal provision in those early days. Um, oh my goodness, uh, the miracles of our land, the miracles of our buildings. And 44 years later, we have uh, three big buildings, 17 acres, all debt free. Twelve years ago, I turned it over to our youth guy. God brought an amazing young man to our church who just lit it up, and it was just so apparent to me that God had his hand on him. I understand my generation, you know. That was the great generation of my parents, Tom Brokaw called them. Then there was a really cool generation that was me. <laughs> <laughs> coolest music ever. And then your generation. And uh, Matt is a strong leader in your generation, and I'm proud of him, and I turned the reins over to him, or God did, not me. It's God's church, not mine. But you get that personal sense of uh, uh, being so involved from the ground up. And the church is uh, building uh, on the foundation. People come to Christ here in upstate New York. 
Uh, I travel the country now. I've been on the road for 12 years. Just got in at 1.30 a.m. from uh, uh, Dayton, Ohio to Dulles or Reagan International Airport overnight. And our plane got, flight got canceled. And the other one wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. So jet lagged. I'm on fire yeah. from Jesus. It's a wonderful combination. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. You know, it makes me think about the fact that um, I wouldn't. Now, this is me. I know that I'm not Jesus, but you're finishing well. Yeah. And and I think the thing that comes to mind is I see a lot of guys who are in ministry who don't know how to finish well and maybe Oof. that's what it is today Oof. and I would love you to I'd love you to share that. Like there are a lot of guys I know who are scared and are living in a moment of if I don't go somewhere or what am I going to do next? They've been in a church for years and they don't know what to do. Could you share that because you have, and Travis, do you have something you want to say? Oh, I was going to say, a word that you used multiple times, Duke, that I think the older generation has somehow forgotten is these amazing miracles of God. And when we're younger and we're on the cutting edge of ministry and mission and we're, we're somewhat carefree, we don't have all the responsibilities, we, we do these bold, courageous things yeah, and God yeah. provides and he gives us these miracles. And I think something about those, those old seasoned warriors for Christ have forgotten the miracles yeah. of God. And and the fact that you even had a plane that wasn't supposed to be there ended up being there and was a miracle to get you back to where you needed to be today to do what you had to do. You know, you're still seeing those miracles. And I think that that's that would just be my 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 yeah. addition to that. Yeah, yeah. Could you share that? Could you share uh encouragement uh to these guys uh about that? Cuz again, I see this in your journey all the time, Pastor Duke, of just like here you are like, I, I, you know, and, and I know that we joke about sometimes where it's, it's God said it, that settles it, I believe it, you know, that kind of thing. Right. That is truly how I've watched you walk, Pastor Duke, is just like, well, God said this, of course I'm going to do it. And I just, I would hope that I, I, I can share, share. So I'll, I will shut up and I'll let you share because I'd love them to hear from you. Well, I'll narrow that down to about 50 questions you guys just <laughs> <laughs> come down to this. Uh, there's like a God, and he's like really big. And he loves us, and he's got a plan. And his plan isn't really all that complicated. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, and uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lo, I'm with you always. He's with us always. Let the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Faithful is he who called you, who also will do it. And we get close enough to Jesus, it just he just guides you day by day, step by step. And ministry, I, I say to younger men, ministry is always over your head. You can't, We can't do the work of God. Right. It, it's, it has to be Amen. miraculous. It has to be not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Mm. And he's willing, but he's not gonna, we're not going to get a plan and then drag him along and have to bless our plan. We surrender yeah. his plan. His powers are waiting. And it's, it's a lot simpler than, you know, when I was younger, I you know go to all the conferences and try to figure it out and be on the cutting edge and all that. And, uh, but really, had to march in order from the beginning. All the conferences do is just tweak what is really always there. Yeah. But I, I, I like what the old uh, Wesley guys said. They, they weren't really ordained by any kind of officially recognized uh, British religious organization. But <laughs> but they drew huge crowds and uh, out in the fields yeah. under the oak trees. And uh, some of the religious people kind of like, uh, the Pharisees trying to trip up Jesus. They're trying to trip up the Wesley brothers. And they said, "How do you, what, to what do you attribute these great crowds? You're not officially ordained and recognized. And their answer was real simple. I set my soul aflame with the word of God. 
people mm. come watch me burn. And mm. that's what I try to do. That's, mm. There's a fire burning, and uh, uh, Al Tolleson got on fire and told Billy's dad about it. And uh, Billy saw the videos and saw his dad get on fire and came and saw the fire in my heart and in, in, in our church. And next thing you know, there's a fire burning in his heart. It's just, you know, just kind of a scattering of the of the fire of God. It kind of like at Pentecost, the fire came down. And, I, I, you know, I'm not getting mystical or anything like that, but just passion for Jesus. And then, then Lord, show me where to go. And he does. And it's progressive. When I went, went to Bible school, I thought I'm going to England. I never made it. But I went to Half Moon, New York. And from Half Moon, New York, we've been able to plant other churches here in the Capital Region. And then God raised up a good man to take my place because I just felt a sense of urgency to uh, be on the road a bit. I, I was getting invited out a lot to preach and uh, I'd go out maybe once or twice a year. I, it's ethically wrong for a pastor to be pastoring a church, getting a salary, and then going out preaching all the time and getting more money. Mm. And so mm. I just felt God calling me on the road. And I stay here and lead the seniors class here in our church. They call me Pastor Emeritus. But I'm on the road almost every week, out somewhere in Rhode Island last Sunday, and in Ohio for camp this week, this week. Baby church, out of one of our baby churches in Schenectady, New York, the Electric City Baptist Church. So I'm really excited about that. So cool. it's just a matter of uh, just, I think, surrender, just a simple surrender to Jesus. When I was a young man and all the sin issues, I, I, I my pastor helped guide me through that. And, uh, name it and uh, confess my sin and with his help repent from it and try to be a godly young man walk in biblical moral values and hide God's word in my heart that might not sin against God and live a pure life be holy from holy and then the will of God will you'll not miss it if you're holy he'll, he'll make sure you're in the will of God and for me it was bigger than I ever guessed I never dreamed our church would grow uh, as it did we planned as many churches as we did and yeah, I never dreamed I'd be on the road preaching the gospel, um, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to do it and meet a lot of great people. And we just had 70 kids get saved in the last three days at Camp Chautauqua in Ohio. Give an invitation. I put it up on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, you know, I saw that uh, picture. 200 young people bowing, weeping at the feet of Jesus. Man, mm. I, that's awesome. I, I get older, my body slows down, but fire, it, man, that fire never goes out. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, what would, okay, I keep, I, I just want to, can I talk to you for like seven hours today? And so <laughs> I, I, I needed so this. So encouraging, I know, it? I just needed it. But what would you say to the next generation? Like, what would you say to to my kids' generation? Because I do mm. feel like what you said sparked something in the heart that, because I remember this, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a bag of cats. You already knew that, so deal with it. You guys already know that I'm a bag of cats. <laughs> But I remember when I was a kid and I called you from Bible college and uh, and I say kid because now anybody under 25 is a kid to me now. Um, uh, but you're I'm, wrong there. Anybody under 50 is a kid. <laughs> 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 Amen. That sounds good. But, uh, but I remember I called you and I said, hey, uh, so I, I'm struggling with dichotomy and trichotomy. And, and I don't know, you know, are we three parts or two? And I remember what you said, and this literally changed the dynamic of how I did ministry from that point on is, is you said, Bill, this is what I will tell you, uh, and I, I, I believe these were the words you said, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you said, don't sweat the small stuff, just go preach Jesus to people who are hopeless. I remember that, and it will never leave me, and the idea that you, 
you continue to have made it simple. And I think that's it. Like I see your life and this is me casting it on you, but I've never seen someone who's more in love with his wife and more in love with his kids and his grandkids. I'm going to, I'm going to boast on you a little bit at Christmas time. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but I believe you write a letter to all your kids at Christmas time. Yeah. To all, all 16 of them. Yeah. Children, babies, everybody just, uh, you know, I, yeah, I do that. Can you share that I, a little bit? And and I'm and I know that maybe I'm pulling something out, but I wanted you to share that because I think those okay. moments are so um, powerful. Yeah, and, yeah and, well, and, and and weave into that what you would say to the younger generation correct, too. Like same yeah, thing, absolutely yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. Well, let me hit the younger generation first because that was sequentially what you did. I tell <laughs> the younger people the very same thing my pastor told me when I was young. He said, "Learn to walk the woods." And being a hippie, and I used to walk the woods all the time, getting buzzed and doing silly, stupid stuff. But I got rid of the dope, and I walked the woods with Jesus. I would get alone. I literally go to the woods. I had spots in different, in Missouri, in the woods. I got spots here and nearby my house in the woods, and I just go sit next to a tree with my Bible, and uh, I usually weep, and I surrender to something, and I beg God to to guide me, and I just learned. my trips to the woods are where um, God would speak through all the clutter. I don't want to get my unction because I went to a conference. This guy fired up on this or this guy fired mm. up on that. I want to get it from God. And then I, the conference, let the, let, let other men throw gasoline on the sparks that God gives me. So that's, uh, it worked for me. And, and I've had other young men say, hey, it worked for them too. Yeah, uh, even Moses, under all the crushing responsibility of leading the nation, he just needed Exodus 33. It was just him and Jesus, God alone, and the cleft of the rock, and God will pass by, and all that business. And and Paul, you know, oh that I may know him. I think Paul kind of already knew Jesus pretty well, but he said, oh that I may know him, and uh, the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. And it, it just it's just that personal growth in Jesus that will keep us going because people will wear us out uh, yeah. all their birds, all their problems. And it's, and we're busy. We work hard. I know Bill, you were probably like me. I, I, I do 60. I always did 60 hours of work a week in ministry. And uh, I don't know if I was real balanced or not, but I was in all the way, but just the, the alone time of God, that's where the strength comes from. That's where the power comes from. Uh, I can pray for an hour and get more power than, you know, pray for a meeting and, yeah, just pray for power. But kind of going back to the second question, when we were young and getting started, Joel and I didn't have any money. So at Christmas time, I mean, I, I get her, I got her a gift, but it wasn't much. So I wrote her a love letter, and um, love is cool. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I I just wrote her a love letter, and uh, send it, then another uh, the next Christmas we had a little baby, and for whatever reason, I wrote a love letter to Joellen. Again, Christmas love letters, official Christmas love letter, 1970, uh, 1977, 1978, etc. And then Leah was a baby. I wrote her a love letter. She's only two months old. But I told her how much Daddy loves her and what she means to us and uh, some of the dramas that she'd read those letters. And she has every one of them now. She's 43 years old, and she owns, she still has every one of them, even when his mom has saved them for her. And then as another child came, it was three letters, then four, and now it's uh, 16. <laughs> I write 16 love letters I, to my oh. son-in-law, 
I, I point out the part uh, character issues that I see in them that I love. I point out uh, decisions they made during that year that affected God's kingdom for, for good. For and I, You know, I don't want to die loving people and they never knew why. I want to tell them why all why? the time. I want to be yeah. official. So every year at Christmas along our mantle, uh, there's just like a new one. I think we're done now. I don't think there's going to be any new ones until great-grandchildren uh, join the, the, yeah, the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to voice text these uh, the letters now. <laughs> no, but grandsons-in-law. So yeah, I've been wow. doing it forever, and uh, it's it's really cool. Now something I did this year was a little bit different. Instead of writing a letter, I wrote uh, a private letters to everybody and give them out, and everybody read them at the same time. This year, I kind of I kind of did a, a, a text, kind of like uh, Jacob was dying in Egypt, and he spoke publicly to all the kids. And it took me about 30 minutes, but I, I wrote a, a, an exhortation to each of them in, in lieu of the, and they gave them all a copy. So it was kind of like the same mm. thing, it was public instead of private. And I was shocked when the little three-year-old heard me read uh, 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 Sophia, we call her uh, Fia or Feepers mm. or Feedmeister. And uh, here she is only uh, three years old, and Papa's reading about how awesome she is. And she just got real quiet. And she was smiling and looking at everybody. It was sacred. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. And then everybody uh, got, you know, everybody was on the hot seat. There was humor and there was a lot of love. So yeah, it, it's a cheap way to, uh, to to create good memories for your family. Well, and it, it resonates with what you said earlier. Keep it simple. And there's two things, guys. I don't want, for those who are listening, I don't want you yeah. to miss these two anchor points that are so beautiful and so lost in our culture is number one is take a walk in the woods. And, um, man, if there's one thing that would change our world, I think, more than anything else, is if we put our phones down, left them in the cars, and just took a walk in the woods on a regular basis. Not for exercise, not to hit our step count, but just to take a walk and be with God. I think that would transform what we're doing. And so maybe some of you guys, I know it's hot. I know it's hot. Maybe it's time to just start taking some walks in the woods, right? Just spend some time under the tree, Praying and listening and see what God has in store for you. Number two is this, writing a love letter. Um, my wife and I just celebrated 24 years of marriage. And uh, we always celebrate it up at Camp Arcadia, uh, which is a camp I speak at every year. And, and it's always fun, but it's always chaotic because I'm, yeah. I'm going and, and blowing and everything else in between. And it just, it, it absolutely struck me to the core. I'm like, I need to write my life, my wife a love letter. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in years, and I just need to write her a love letter. So, gentlemen, if you're listening to this, wherever you are today, do not let the sun go down and write someone significant in your life a love letter of what you see in them, what you appreciate about them, and what you hope for them. Just And then give it to them and just let it be and, yeah. and see what God can do through that. Yeah. So those two things, man, absolutely worth the price of, of gold if we were to yeah. embrace that as a culture and as Speaking people. life. Yes. You know, I, I again, I, it's hard not for me not to be emotional because, because again, what you're sharing is it just feels like, sorry, I've just, uh, I've just transposed myself onto your family. Just know that <laughs> you're just, you're. I'm Bill just, wants a letter, is what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. And some of those Hungarian nut bars that you make at Christmas, <laughs> I want those too. So, um, shame on you for not sending them. So, but um, no, but really, what I'm thinking is like, I just, I love it because what I'm picturing is the legacy. Yes. When I that you're that the I. Your three-year-old granddaughter will never know what you tasted, and that you broke that cycle, cycle curse, whatever it was about. 
you broke that, but I, I just, I, I know there's guys listening that feel like they failed and, uh, and it's, it's never, never too late. Can you speak to the guy who may be in his sixties, who's still not really, really old, but in his sixties, um, that you could share what to do? Like I can, I can, I can. I'll use my dad's story here. My dad was a womanizer, a street fighter, a drunk, smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, but only for 50 years. Wow. <laughs> and um, he uh, ruined his marriage, didn't have much relationship with his kids. Uh, we knew he loved us, but he loved himself more than he loved us. There's no doubt about that. There wasn't much affection there at age 68. He got on his knees. The same guy who led me to Christ in 1972, Ira Mercer, Ira Mercer. Led my yeah. dad to the Lord in 1994. And my dad found Jesus. And in his dying oh. days, I said, Dad, run the highlight reel. He goes, after all the crap I did, I found God. And he really, truly did. I baptized him. So here he is at oh. 68. I think of that guy in the 11th hour, you know. Jesus oh. hires a guy in the morning to work in the fields and some more guys at noon and at four o'clock, he hired a couple more guys to work for an hour so just to wrap it up, and they got the same pay as the guys yes. who worked all day. The guys who worked all day got a little bit mad about that, but uh, God said, "I, you know, I, hey, I kept my word." So anyway, my dad got saved at the eleventh hour, and I got to baptize him, and he mm. connected deeply with his kids. What he did is he got real with us. He confessed to us, uh, you know, if he had to do it all over again. Uh, he would, he would have done it differently. But in his humility, he connected deeply with us. And I had to literally fight my father on two occasions uh, to uh, keep him from beating up my mom. And I mean, he got really ugly, you yeah. know. Uh, and uh, it wasn't I wasn't punching him. Uh, I was tackling him. Luckily, he was drunk, so I had yeah. an advantage of, of being a young adult and was um, he was drunk and I was a lot bigger than him too, which was in my favor. But that all got fixed. God's grace is amazing. But he got real with us and he looked us in the eye and he sought us out one by one. And in, when, in his final years, he was surrounded by his kids. Um, mm. We loved him. And it, I mean, his marriage was over. He was alone. But he had us. He, he reconnected. And he, he died fulfilled. He, his testimony shined. He witnessed everything that moved. Man, badmouth Betty from his bar, his barman got saved. And, oh my goodness, a whole bunch of, bunch of gnarly old drunks got saved. Miracle upon miracle Jesus. upon miracle upon yeah, miracle yeah. upon so miracle. It matter yeah. if you screwed up. That was then, and this is now. Great. God says, yeah. now is the day. Just get close to him now and don't yeah. look back. God isn't the God who was or who be that I am that I am. Just get close to him. Yeah. Now, connect deeply with people now. And I know there's a lot of injuries that, you know, it might take a little bit longer than, hey, I blew it, I'm sorry, to get over all that. But uh, my dad did, and uh, God did it through him. And all the kids came to Christ, and so dad, with his salvation, would answer to our prayers. But, and uh, I just, just get close to God. He'll figure it out, man. It's, it's that's some kind of a psychological uh, step of you know in in a, in a better direction. It's just it's just being broken before God and humble. Yeah. And let His grace uh, flood the flood the relationships. So that's what that's what I saw God do for my dad. I love it. 
the, I mean, I've, again, we, we're, we're going to have to have you back on again sometime because this was powerful. This and, is a great 175th episode. Yeah, man. like this. I don't think I could have asked for a better 175th episode, seriously, yeah. than to have my hero on again. Because um, you make it so simple. It really is. And, you know, we get so caught up in well, what do I need to do now. And now it's like uh, love God and love people. <laughs> well, stop there for a second, Bill. Stop there. Simple. That that's key. That's huge. I, I'm glad you have seen that through the years for me because it, it, it really is simple. God's word is not complicated when it comes to real life issues. <laughs> yeah, I know there's deep theological things that people, you know, uh, uh, theologians have wrestled with through the thing through the ages. But I don't want to get into all. You read first and second, read the pastoral epistles. He was telling them, don't get into all that argument and debate and all that stuff. Just keep it simple. Uh, you know, Peter said, have fervent love among yourselves. And when you have grace and praise and worship and you refuse to get into all the debate, you land on love and, and grace and faith and mm. healing. And I see the people that get everything all figured out. And uh, they want to get you to join their little special movement because we figured it out. We do the right music. We have the right. We have, the right, we have everything right. Well, I, the Bible says much fruit on earth, the Father. I want to bear fruit. I want yeah. to raise seed that's godly. I want grandkids that love Jesus. And I, my granddaughter graduates today. Uh, Leah's firstborn, my oldest granddaughter, Emily, with honor, said that she didn't get that from Papa. But she's going to Bible college this fall. Her younger brother is going to. Uh, the same college studying uh, music wants to be a worship leader. So this this thing of passing it on to the next generation, it it, it works. It can it can be done. You know, yeah. why complain about how the world is? Just tune it out and and celebrate Jesus. And so I, I think the complications do not come from the Holy Spirit. Mm. I'll leave it at that. No, that's great. I love it. I love it. We I I know we got we got to wrap up, but um, man, we are super grateful for you. We do have. <laughs> some questions for you that we call our fast five there it is and uh and we'd love you to check these out so so here here we go we'll we'll finish up with these so let me ask you this question number one what would you have for your last meal on earth uh i would have a hamburger cheese with lettuce make lettuce bacon mayonnaise and lots of onion <laughs> That's a man after my own heart right exactly. there. What I had last night at the airport at Five Guys. <laughs> That's a, he's That's always good. ready. He's always ready with one foot in heaven already. I love it. Okay, so so you're on a stranded island. What 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 is one album or musician you'd want to listen to forever? Mm. Uh Crosby Stills Nash and Young Deja Vu. Like he knew it. Boom. That's awesome. That's that, it. That's your roots, too. Well, I mean, I was, that that I harkens was, back to like who Duke it was. Down. It's only candles burning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I knew it. I knew it was going to be like something. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So, uh, what's your guilty pleasure? What's something you love to do that you're like, okay, I shouldn't do this? But, and I'm not talking about sand. You know, I'm talking about like that thing. I, 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 well, the reason it's so guilty is because I'm tattooed but diabetic now. But uh, I had a, I had half of a chocolate milkshake last night at Five Guys. I felt so guilty. It probably <laughs> shot my blood sugar off the charts, but I didn't even care. You just wanted the other foot in heaven. That's what you wanted. I understand. <laughs> heaven doesn't scare me, man. Not at all. I know it doesn't. I am very sure of that. So, All right. So what's one word your wife would use to describe you? Mm. 
adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Do you guys see where I get it from? Yeah. 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 This, we, uh, this is it. We are living an adventure. We're going to be, uh, we're still on our house uh, next month, and we're going to be homeless for the next uh, six, eight months. <laughs> see how successful you've been? Enjoy. You've become homeless. <laughs> <laughs> living living the that, Jesus yeah. life right there. That's it. She's an adventure. She bought, she bought into it. She and uh, she's Choose adventure. Years old and uh, she's ready to just trust God for what's next. Adventure. May have to have you down here. I may have to find a way to swindle you down here for a couple of days. So, I mean, not that you're life giving. You're kind of a you kind of suck the life out of people. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this: What do you want to be remembered uh, for when you die? Church planter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Number two, storyteller. Mm. Yeah. You know that that's a tough one, but yeah, I'd say church planter because. All the other things roll into that, you know. Yeah. Yes, I want to win souls to Christ. He that wins souls is wise. Uh, I am a storyteller, but God uses His grace to build churches, and uh, just having the privilege of starting a church with nothing, knowing nobody when I moved, uh, and what an adventure that was, huh? So it all ties together. Church yeah. planter. Church planter. Okay, that sounds I love good. It. Okay, now bonus. What biblical character would you want to have lunch with? Not Jesus. What biblical character would you want to have lunch with? David. Uh, I do a series on David called David in His Own Words. I do it in first person. I am David. I dress up like David. Yes. I do the whole thing as David. And I'd love to have lunch with him and find out how I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love He's it. like, you did better He's at me than I was at me. Heaven, and I don't know. Not a chance. Listen, I you. It. I am grateful to have you on for the 175th. You are a life changer. You have completely changed my life. Um, I still think that you need to write a book and yes. put your stories in. Uh, go for I it. Do podcast. <laughs> PastorDuke.com. It's all up on podcast, Billy. Check it out. Check it out. With you guys. <laughs> There'll be a link under our uh, yeah, description yeah. that will get you there. Um, three things, takeaways. One, choose adventure. Two, take a walk in the woods. Three, write a love letter. Those are yeah. things that all of us can be doing, gentlemen, and let's get after it. Right? I love it. I love it. Pastor Duke, we love you. I love you. I mean that. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for, for redirecting my legacy. And uh, thank you for what you do to impact others from the same exact way. Absolutely. God bless you, Doctor Dr. Duke. You guys are stuck with me for eternity, so suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to the day, man. I look forward to the day. Thanks for having me on. Love you Thanks guys. for listening today, everybody. Uh, check us out on Instagram at you know knownlegacy, knownlegacy.org. Get for questions, comments, concerns, info at knownlegacy. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you took something amazing from this. Share this with someone who needs to hear that they have something to offer this world. So you guys have a great week. Absolutely. And uh, final plug, uh, we're a part of a ministry called uh, – Long shot, and uh, the conference is coming up in October. In October, in, check uh, it out. The heart of Texas. So, uh, if you are in the way, make it happen. Yeah, send a, uh, head on down there. Have a great week, guys. You take it easy. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the No Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so email us your questions or comments to info at nolegacy.org.